You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield, and we are in the Farm Bureau Studios here in downtown Starville. Fresh off calling a men's basketball win over Bethune-Cookman. Is this Sunday coffee or New Year's coffee? This is Sunday afternoon um, coffee. It's not a decaf version because we want to reiterate. I do not drink decaf coffee. No, I don't either. No. I mean, why would you? Why would you drink decaf coffee? Well, some people drink O'Doul's. It goes back to the point. Why would you? Well. Okay. 85-62 to the final. We beat Bethune-Cookman by... 23 points today. And, uh, Charlie, if you have friends in the desert, I don't, I do not. Some of those friends would say 30 or 30 and a half were big numbers for some of those people in the desert today. Did not reach that number. And so I told you, I can't do it, man. I know a lot of people out there do it. I can't, I can't do it. After being around it so much and understanding that a banked in three by a walk on can mean a lot, there's no way I'd do it. No, no, particularly in a game, too, where you're getting a player back. Yeah. It just it throws everything off. The final non-conference game, everything's just a little different in this one. It is. Um, you kind of don't know what you're getting in this game because a lot of times in this game, what I mean by this game, you've had Christmas break. Right? We played last Saturday. You've had eight days. You haven't had class. Sometimes you let guys go home for a day or two. I don't know what we did. But sometimes that little break right at Christmas and that first game back, like at the, you know, this last week of December, sometimes it can be absolutely wretched. And I didn't think we were, were that bad today. We, of course, Tolu Smith coming back. It's good to get him back and going before you get into conference play. So you talk about what did we do for the break. So, of course, we played up in – Newark in the Prudential Center, I guess it was, that game against Rutgers. And from there, everybody was able to get out of town, head home. And so earlier this week, my wife had the opportunity, I use opportunity instead of saying she had to, but she had the opportunity to go pick up some people at the airport. And as she was there, there were about four basketball players, maybe five, getting off the plane. They'd been on that flight. But the crowd at the airport kind of had an idea they were basketball players. They didn't know who they were. (laughs) <laughs> they, they weren't that plugged into basketball. So she said there was a lot of, boy, you guys must play basketball kind of things. But the funny part of the thing to me was that Jimmy Bell, of course, had been the MVP of the, the game or what have you in that ball game at Rutgers. I say at Rutgers because it was effectively at Rutgers. And Adrian Myers was standing there. Basically, anybody who came by was letting everybody know that Jimmy Bell was player of the week. He was the MVP. And so <laughs> – these kids and these people start getting their picture with Jimmy Bell. Meanwhile, like Tolu's just standing there, like nobody giving him any attention. It's like the like the Sugar Bowl this week, where Quinn Ewers is sitting over there by himself, and Arch Manning's got everybody around him. Yeah, he's on stage. Quinn Ewers is like nobody, nobody cares. <laughs> kids getting autographs from Jimmy, and there's Tolu right. There. Oh yeah. Have I ever told you the story? And I think you've you've probably heard the story about Jack in the Atlanta airport 
it's been 30 years ago. You've heard the airport story? I'm not sure I have. Okay, so they get off the plane. They just get off the plane. They're about to you know get on a, a connecting flight. They're in the, in the Atlanta airport, and it's our men's basketball team. And, of course, we got a bunch of tall guys, big guys, and wherever we had just played, we had gotten beat, had not played well. And these two older ladies walk up to Mr. Crystal. He's carrying a briefcase. They're essentially thinking he is the coach. And they say, sir, are you guys a basketball team? And he looks at them deadpan. And that was a great thing about Jack and his wit. He never hesitated. No, ma'am. But by the end of the year, we hope to be. (laughs) (laughs) That's just beautiful. (laughs) So, hey, we look like a basketball team, and we are a pretty good basketball team. And I think the addition of Tolu Smith, and you and I talked about this on the broadcast today, about, you know, we said a few weeks ago you got to figure out what you're doing with your rotation, may have to, you know, Cut a couple guys with some minutes. We played a bunch of guys in the game today. But uh, Tolu Smith coming back, man, he he looked like he has not missed a beat at all. He looked in good shape. He made good moves offensively. He defended the floor well. He was one rebound away from a double-double. And it kind of reminds you. You know, you're sitting there saying early in the year, man, Jimmy Bale. And, hey, Jimmy Bale has been great for us. And where would we be without Jimmy? Tolu's just special. So it was an interesting game. There's a lot of different ways analytically that you can break down a game to try to decide, hey, who played well. There's a couple of different scores that you end up with. There's a, You could look at it overall, an efficiency rating. You could look at an offensive rating. Cam Matthews and Tolu Smith both light up the efficiency score. And the efficiency score is basically the number of points you score, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks – less the number of missed shots and turnovers you have. The highest, the most efficient player we had today was Tolu Smith by that metric. The second most was Cam Matthews. And somebody would say, well, wait a minute. Cam Matthews had just two points, but he had six assists. He had six steals. He had a block shot, and he didn't turn it over, and he didn't miss a shot in 19 minutes of play. So thing that I take from the ball game is we're still really good in the low post. And Cal Matthews is so viable. Six steals. So think about that. Coming into today, one of the metrics, if you look nationally, steal rate, which basically is not just the total number of steals you have, but basically how many you have per minutes played. Cal Matthews is in the top 30 nationally. And here he is with six more today. Okay, so... The past three days, we've had two broadcasts. I'm going to be brass tacks here. Friday night, we had women's basketball in a win against Mississippi Valley State, who um, who are not very good. They got beat, what, 91-26 to 26 today against Alabama. They have been bad, and we won big and bad Friday night. Today, we win by 23. But in those two broadcasts, you have taken the time to look at me a couple times, Charlie. To be honest with you, it has not offended me. It's hurt my feelings. Looking at me as if to say, what are you saying? What is coming out of your mouth? Because people don't see this on the TV. They just they don't see what I see. You're looking at me. Today, I asked the question, could you see Tolu Smith and Jimmy Bell on the floor at the same time? And he looked at me like I had three heads. But as I'm beginning to understand your thought process, and you said, yeah, you probably see them on the floor at the same time during warm-ups. Okay. For the National Anthem. For the National Anthem. 
But I tell you what, what, when you start thinking about this league and about the depth of this league and about just the physical battles you go through every night, just having a post player that doesn't have to play 30 minutes is so big, especially when it gets into March. Well, and think, too, about the other thing that happens is now Keyshawn Murphy, who had basically been your backup at five once he came back from injury, now he can back up Cam Matthews at the four. We saw that take place today because Cam's playing a lot of minutes, and particularly in the second half of games. If you noticed about that 12-and-a-half, 13-minute mark, they usually get him out for a little bit. But the second half, he's kind of out there, particularly in the contested games. So, look, everything is better. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens to this rotation because right now we have been better playing with a, a shorter bench. Now, the other time that you looked at me was when I was talking about Fred Flintstone. Yeah, I, I, well. <laughs> and, and just for the people who do not keep up with women's basketball, Sam Purcell, I don't think he would take offense to me saying this, is a slogan guy. He is. Chris Jans is not a slogan guy. They're they're opposed. Not opposed. They're just on opposite ends of the spectrum when it comes to that. And I guess he got into this, you know, one was the slogan for this year, but something about yabba dabba, yabba dabba do. Um, and, and I'm not mad about it. I'm just. Yeah. When I was going into great detail about it in a 99 to 20 game the other night, you're looking looking at me like. I was trying to decide if I was going to get into talking about Kazoo. You remember Kazoo from the Flintstones? I don't. The little Martian guy? No, I don't watch a whole lot of it. Okay, so the Flintstones were fine for a while, and then somewhere in our childhood they tried to to fancy it up with this little Martian named Kazoo. And that, the great Kazoo, that's what it was. Okay, no, didn't see it. Hey, we are in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Startwell Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. You can check them out at favorites.com. They have agents all across Mississippi. Home, life, auto, whatever you need. Your insurance agent at Farm Bureau is immersed in your community. You see them at the drop-off line at school. You see them at church on Sunday. Our good friends at Farm Bureau. And this is Sunday Coffee. Sunday Coffee presented by our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House. Strange Brew on Highway 12 and Spring Street. And, of course, Tupelo. They got Brupelo and also in Tuscaloosa, Alabama as well. And so go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. They'll ship that great coffee to you. They'll ship you the mugs or go by and get the pods. Next week, we're back at work, Charlie. I'll make my good big old pot of blueberry cobbler flavored coffee. I picked up the grounds at the Strange Brew Coffee House. All right. So, did you know the Jetsons and the Flintstones had a crossover episode once? No, I did not. It was like a two hour special. No. It involved time travel and those sorts of things. George Jetson, Fred Flintstone. Did you watch that? I want you to admit to me right now that you watched it. I did not watch it. Hey, but you remember in the broadcast today, so there was the the gentleman at the ball game with the Fred Flintstone shirt on. Yes. And and so we were tweeted at because we said basically, what is she doing? She's knitting, but But, what is she knitting? Yeah. And I I didn't, I don't, I'm not fully up to speed on the difference in a knit and a crochet, but apparently, I guess crochet is more of a yarn kind of thing. Is that right? It's It's a heavier. It's more heavy, right? But in any event, she was knitting socks, is what she told us on Twitter, which I thought was interesting. 
So I don't think I've ever had any knitted or crocheted socks. I would like to see some. Yeah. So, all right, men's basketball goes to conference play next weekend. They're at South Carolina. And then you've got Tennessee and Bama at home, then on the road at Kentucky, and then back home against Vanderbilt. Hey, Charlie, we said the same thing before football season started. If we're two and three after the first five games – you don't need to panic. We could still be a good team and be two and three. Now, football. <laughs> probably should have panicked. <laughs> probably, probably should have hit all kind of buttons. But, you know, Alabama, you know, of course, they don't have Brandon Miller this year, so I don't know who the, the broadcasters are going to fall over this year. But you've got the South Carolina. That South Carolina game on the road turns into a really big game to start the season, especially when you've got Tennessee, who is playing like a top ten team now. They will Rick Barnes some games every now and then. You just hope that it's one of ours. So only one team that we have played so far has a higher Ken Palm rating than South Carolina, and that's Northwestern. That's way too early to start getting into what the computers say about things. But but, but I will say this. You know, you talk about five degrees of separation. The other night it was like, okay, Mississippi Valley is 1-12. Who's the one? Well, they beat McNeese State, right? Who who'd, <laughs> who did McNeese State beat? <laughs> and so then it's like, well, they beat like Centenary, or Centenary beat them. Well, who did who did Centenary beat? You know. And so, um, all right, final day of 2023. Looking back at the entire year, we started the year 2023 with a bowl win on January the second, with a win over Illinois. And that was probably the high water mark when you start talking about the gridiron. Unless you saw anything out there that um, I will cherish forever the memories of beating nationally ranked Arizona. Well, you got to go back to that a top ten team. I will say, hey, Zach Arnett's going to have as many top ten wins as Dan Mullen had. <laughs> okay, <laughs> there's some revisionist history. Well, I will say this: going into 2024, I'm going to be a lot nicer person. That was probably a little ugly there, Charlie. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to look forward. Not backwards. I'm going to look forward and not backwards. For the good of my mindset, we should probably look forward and not backwards. Hey, I will say this. Um, You know, one of the things that I'm a sentimental guy, believe it or not. Um, I tend to get sentimental about some things. But I, I guess it's like when you watch the late night shows, you watch the shows at the end of the year, they always kind of have that looking back, the in memoriam segment where they talk about people, you know, in the at the Oscars, they show who's passed away. And this is not something I prepared for, so I certainly cannot even begin to come close to mentioning the, the people who were related to Mississippi State, who impacted Mississippi State, who passed away. So, But there are, you know, you think back here just recently this year, um, you know, Gloria Carrero passed away. Um, and, well, you talk about a great woman. Yeah, and uh, Gloria was in what School of Education for the longest time, and of course, her and her husband John Carrero. Of course, John Carrero, a longtime head of the alumni association, and was on our football broadcast for the longest time. He was a color analyst, and then they moved him to the field, and that's when Jim came on board in the booth, and then John went down to the field and was a sideline guy for the longest time. His last year, I guess, was 2010. Would have been no, would have been longer. 
He's been here, what, 2016 would have been John's last year probably. That was Jim would do the, the play-by-play. Matt did the color, and then Carrera was on the sideline. And so, yeah, Gloria was, was outstanding. And If you think back, I can remember the just the number of players, you know, the stories of them sitting at her kitchen table with her, her trying to help tutor them, keep them eligible. You yeah. Know, help and teach man, them I, to read. And you brought up the good point, man. We've, we've had so many people who have been so good – at Mississippi State or to Mississippi State, you went down to a funeral here recently. Yeah, I went to you know went to Gloria's uh, just a couple of weeks ago or last week, and then Robert Sanford down in Meridian. And for those who knew Robert, he was on the the board of the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. He was a great golfer, one of the senior champions of Mississippi, and a great golfer. And started benefit management group out of Meridian. Fantastic human being, just a good dude and. He, um, yeah, you know, he was friends to a lot of people, and uh, hey, yeah, I haven't prepared for this at all either because I know we're going to forget somebody, and I don't want to offend anybody at all. And to be honest with you, when we miss somebody, email us or tweet us or text us, and uh, because I enjoy talking about some of these great people who may not have been a part of a sports team, but were instrumental away from the field. Hey, I'll tell you one. Uh, Dr. Wolverton passed away here recently. Yep. He was in his 90s. He led the charge to get Mississippi State a Phi Beta Kappa chapter, um, and they were actually awarded it right before his 93rd birthday. He was president of the faculty senate. But this is a guy, a lot of people I know, because I put out a tweet about him and I was getting messages, I took Greek mythology Did under you? him just just for sport, just for entertainment. And I listened to all the people who took Latin and mythology, and some I, somebody tweeted said they took it twice, and they passed it the first time. They just wanted to, <laughs> want to hear it again. Wanted to hear it again, and he he was a guy that actually would go to Greece to teach classes on Greek mythology. Wow! And so, uh, you know, just a an educational champion, Doctor Wolverton. If you go in the old main academic building, the rotunda there is is named for him. Um, you know, Hassel Franklin. Boy. Passed away this year. He was a good one. That was back in January. You know, started Franklin Furniture Company up in Houston, which is a staple in that community in Chickasaw County. And recliners, motion furniture. I mean, he was a I mean, he was a big time guy in the furniture world, not only in Mississippi, but in the country. I'll tell you one, uh, somebody too that just jumps out. And again, I this is all coming off the top of my head, so I and hey, let me tell you. And here. let me tell you this about Hassel real quick before we get away, and because sometimes there are preconceived notions about people who help your athletic department, and um, you know he was a part of the guys, the Cigar Boys. I mean, he was one of the he was one of the guys. And I look back at at some of those guys. You know, we lost Bobby Martin several years ago, I think three years ago, four years ago. He was a great man, great banker up in in Ripley, Mississippi. But the thing about Hassel and the thing about Mr. Bobby were those guys, they they essentially helped float Mississippi State Athletics for a long time. This is back before the TV dollars. And the thing that was interesting to me that may go against the grain of what a lot of people think is not one time. Not one time have I ever heard of any of those guys trying to influence day-to-day operations. That was back with donors. I mean, they helped you. They helped you a lot. But they wanted no credit, and they 
didn't want to have it their way. They weren't trying to get get you to hire their nephews or anything like that. They were like, hey, here's ways to help us compete. You guys know what you're doing. And I really appreciated guys like Bobby Martin and then Hassel Franklin. That's one of the greatest myths, I think, that I see on the Internet is the old kind of the cigar boys are running things and they're telling people what to do. And I'll, t- I'll say this, I've too. I found it to be exactly opposite. Yeah, and, and to be honest with you, this place has always been a little bit different than other places. That has not been the case at a lot of schools. That's been one of the great things that have that's been different about Mississippi State in years past is, man, you did not have donors getting involved in day-to-day activity or make you trying to make decisions for the athletic director. Yeah, I'll just say if it happened, I never knew about it. No, and it, that was and yeah, it would be exactly consistent with my experience. Um, Johnny Cooks, man, you know, I tell you that was one Johnny Cooks passing. Now, so to take it back in time, the very first football game I ever saw in Jackson. Of course, we used to play a lot of games down there, but the very first time I was able to go, I was eight years old, November first, nineteen eighty, and I got to see us play Alabama and win that ball game 6-3, to three. and I left that ball game with a lot of people just etched in my memory forever, and that 99 was one of them. And so I knew that Johnny Cooks as a player was important to me as a young fan, and he was somebody that because, you know, there are some people because of who they were and the age you were, you'll never forget them. The thing that really, really hit me, though, was talking to his teammates, seeing guys back who were here, at homecoming this year from that team. And the way they talked about Johnny Cooks and the love they had for him and the and the battle that he went through at the end, it really left an impression on me how loved he was by those guys who knew him best. Well, the thing about Johnny was, like you said, he was just a leader not only on the field of play, but also, you know, off the field and as a – as a graduate or as a, a former player from Long Switch, Mississippi. You know, I'll tell you what I've, I've been able to do, and I don't mean this as a highlight, I've been able to do a lot of cool things uh, since uh, since working here. But I was actually asked to MC his memorial service uh, in, the, in the M Club. And, Charlie, you know, I mean, I, a lot of stuff that I do is off the cuff, and I don't write down a whole lot of stuff to be, you know, I'm prepared, but I don't write a whole lot of things down. I'll, I'll just get up there and talk. And uh, that day about the well, the days leading up to that memorial service, man, I wrote down, I've still got five pages of stuff on my computer, and I won't take it off. Just about things you write down about Johnny Cooks and just realize, first of all, how great of a guy he was, what he did – in the town of Louisville, I mean, we talked to Marcus Timms about, you know, how he used to help the little leagues in Louisville. And Johnny, man, was uh, that gruff voice. His team was the Giants. His was Giants. Because of Johnny Cook. Because of Johnny funded the team. And then, you know, his fishing prowess down at Mr. John's uh, John Johnson's fish, ca- uh, fish camp. <laughs> I mean, he'd lose a bunch of lures in those uh, ball cypress trees down there. Yeah. Uh, Jim Ashmore. Uh, passed away just earlier this month and there are two people in the history of Mississippi State basketball to average 20 points per game over their career Bailey Howell and Jim Ashmore Ashmore. now Jim Ashmore was 
He was before the 63 team. He was he was late 50s, right? Yeah, his last year was 57. 57. Man, you look back and you start thinking about a lot of banners that people have in their rafters when you go around the country and you see national championships and you see SEC championships and you see the success that teams have had at hanging banners. And you kind of wonder what could have been for that age group, that late 50s, 60, 61, 62, and there. From 55, those Babe McCarthy teams, you kind of wonder, you know, what our basketball history overall would have looked like. You know, we're talking about the national championship in 2021 with baseball being the first ever in a team sport. You know, if, if history is a little bit different, it may not have been. No, that's actually a really good point. You can point to some times in our history that maybe – could have, should have been transformative moments. Um, you think about the, the teams 40 and 41, and obviously World War II breaks out, which is a little bigger issue, obviously, than right. college sports. But what might have been. Um, and then you look at those teams in the 50s, 60s, where we just didn't. You know, Ashmore, st- he scored 45 in a game against Ole Miss. He averaged 28 a game. But, yeah, that's tough because we just eliminated ourselves from – what might have been a different history because of well, too. I mean, if if you take the Alabama approach, if we'd have just had a you know maybe someone in administration that was very very out there and crazy back in the nineteen seventies, nineteen eighties, when you could just claim a national championship, going back to nineteen forty one and said, "Hey, we're the champions." That's what Alabama away. did. I mean, there's some guy over there saying, "You know what? We played pretty good that year. We got beat in the game. It was raining pretty hard." And, you know what? We're the national champions, and they still claim it because some trainer or SID was like, "Yeah, we're the national champion." You know, it's pretty funny too because you can periodically someone will post a picture of Bear Bryant's recruiting letters, and there is one that you know it's this great letter about come to Alabama, but on that letter they have a list of their championships, and it's like half of the ones they actually claim now. <laughs> and so it, it's not just that even they didn't think to claim them. Yeah. Well, hey, talk about what might have been. Go back to we were talking about 1980 in football. You'll remember, you know, Florida got put on probation. Right. That was our only SEC loss. Yeah. And as I remember it, and I'll have to double check this. I think we declined the forfeit. Had that game been forfeited, though, that's our only conference loss. Ties us with Georgia as the SEC champions. But in 1980, we'd already lost to Southern Miss. 42-14. to 14. So, I mean, <laughs> you can't do a whole lot of claiming. No, but I'm talking about SEC title, not national right. champion. But an SEC championship. That was uh, – we. they just had that game circled. That was all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I got us off – track there um i could go down again, this road all day yeah and again please um th- this is not meant to slight anybody because this is not something i had prepared to think about but when i get to the end of the year you always like to take stock and you know the sad thing is we're getting older man hey jim carmody he was a coach jim of southern carmody he was a coach at southern miss and uh was he was a, carmody the guy that he's uh, defensive re- coordinator here referred to us as big time losers <laughs> I think he referred to uh, – there was uh, – I forget the exact way that it came up, but he was the coach at Southern Miss. 
Right. And somebody asked him about State and Ole Miss having big-time programs, and he said, well, they're big-time losers. <laughs> and so <laughs> – well, we will not recognize him at the. <laughs> no, but then he came here. He came. was our defensive coordinator, and so he he actually was a good, you know, good defensive coordinator here at Mississippi State. All right, so looking forward, we've looked back. This on the final day of 2023. Let's look forward to next year. We've got basketball right now, women's basketball going on. Let's take them in order that they're going to come. All right, so we have basketball. Men's basketball right now, how do you feel? Yes, feel good. Let me tell you my biggest fear. We tend to measure things, and this shouldn't be right, but we do, right? When we start thinking about the NCAA tournament, what do we think about? Sweet 16s, Elite 8s. The big challenge to getting into that Sweet 16 has a whole lot to do with where that number is on that seed. Yeah, if you could be. Because the 8-9 winner gets the 1. Right. And so, if you could be a, a five or six, then you get or the better. three or four. Right. And I think that's kind of where we could be. Now, I will say this final day of 2023. We're going to beat some, we're going to beat somebody we're not supposed to beat. We're going to lose to somebody we're not supposed to beat, get, get beat by. What's the biggest Achilles heel to this basketball team? And I think I see it every game guard play. I don't know if I'd say guard play. I don't know. If, and Chris Jans has alluded to it in the postgame today, sometimes in half-court turnovers offensively. You think about how many possessions we have. Today in the first half we had nine turnovers. How many of our possessions are just empty possessions? Now you're playing a team today, though, that basically right. is selling out for turnovers. They are. They're going to foul. But, you know, today we went four minutes without a field goal. Now we did go to the free throw line a good bit because they were fouling the crap out of us. Against Rutgers – we had a stretch in there, four or five minutes, where we didn't have a field goal or didn't score a point. That's what kind of hurt us against Murray State. It's what hurt us against Southern. I mean, that's what hurt us against Georgia Tech. We've had the against Northwestern early this year. It seems to me we have a stretch, four, five, sometimes six minutes every game where offensively we kind of lose a little bit of cohesiveness offensively. And when you get into the league – that fine separation point, is that four or five minutes enough to get you beat in a close ball game? That's what worries me about this team. I'm not going to say guard play or post play. I'm just saying overall offensive grand scheme of going four to five, six minutes without scoring a field goal, that's that's going to get you beat in some of these games. And so I think good teams, though, have the guy they can get the ball to when they have to have a basket. Yeah. And you wonder if Tolu coming back now is your guy that you can get the ball to when you just have to have a pass. But I'll tell you what you saw today, too, and what you're going to see in SEC play. And Jimmy Bell has been great. He has been great for us. But when Tolu Smith gets the basketball, and when you start thinking about Alabama and some of these other teams, they are going to sell out to stopping Tolu Smith. They're going to double, and they are going to triple-team him at times. And so what is that going to lead to? Open shots. I think this year that's the difference in this year's team compared compared to last year's team. That's the thing about Hubbard. That's the thing about Deshaun Davis. Sean Jones today, if you give us open shots and open looks, we can knock down some shots. Yeah, we absolutely can. And I think you saw with Hubbard, too, he's not just a spot shooter. No. He's got to take a dribble, step back, knock one down. All right, women's basketball – 
obviously they opened it up. That team, obviously, look, injuries have been a big part of the men's team so far. I mean, you lose not just Tolu Smith, but you lost Murph also. And so injuries, kind of a big issue. But you've played through them, and now it's a team that's back more or less healthy. Women's team has struggled at times with injuries this year. I think the thing that scares me most for the women's team, and I, not to say I think they're going to be really good, but like if you had to pick the thing, hey, what what's the concern headed into conference play? I think it goes back for me to that's a team that still has people to it almost looks like they don't know what their role is yet. Is that fair? I think it is fair. I look at a Lauren Park Lane who has taken 17 three-pointers one game and then a couple the next, and maybe that's good. Maybe you don't have to have the same thing every day, but you just wonder if they're still trying to figure out who they are a little bit. Yeah, and I think it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with men's basketball, and maybe maybe we're judging this against you know the perfection. I don't know because it's the same way in men's basketball as well. Sometimes you'll have about a – a five-minute span there, five-minute span where you look really, really good. And you may have a five-minute span where you look like um, we uh, we need to go out there and, and go through the basics of dribbling and passing. <laughs> I mean, and so that, that's – I think the consistency is just an issue, especially when you get into league play against teams that are as athletic as you are. And that what is that four to five to six minutes – can you do more damage in that five minutes? Now, you've got athletes to overcome stuff like that. But I go back to when you get when you get to play in teams that are as good as you athletically, those five and six minutes of mental laps, how um, you give me a hard time all the time about my uh, attention deficit disorder. And, and hey, I'll, I'll wear it. I mean, I'll wear it. Um, sometimes that's kind of how we play basketball is we look good and we're like, Locked in for about four or five minutes, and it's like me broadcasting a game. You may look over at me, and I'm looking at turkey calls and how to, um, you know, how to build a pole barn. You know, and, and so it's almost like we can't hold our attention span the entire twenty minutes and a half. I think it's going to be important too for some of the freshmen on that team to grow up, and I don't mean that in terms of I'm not calling them immature. Gain more experience, right? And uh, Miracle Shepherd. Love the effort she plays with. Oh, I like her a lot. I mean, every time you watch a game, she's on the floor, she's getting in passing lanes, she's fighting for loose balls. The old term 50-50 ball, she gets about 80% of. Uh, really like her. Montague's got something. Oh. She's got some ball skills, man. I was trying to think the other night on the drive home, I was thinking about Quinera Montague. And I'm trying to think back to anybody that she reminds me of in the low post, especially as a freshman. I can't recall, and I know I may eat these words, I can't recall a more athletic low post player as a freshman that size. That's a pretty big uh... – I mean, that's a big statement. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not saying she's going to be the greatest post player to ever play here. I mean, Tierra Catton-McCallum was big. She was big and she was good. But I'm talking about the way she moves – and her hands, she's got great hands. So you know what she reminds me a little bit of? And there's a million reasons that people will tell me I'm completely wrong about this. But you remember uh, LaCara Salter? Yeah. Big ticket. Now, the 
the thing that LaCaris could do, LaCaris never played herself into the shape she needed to be in or really bought into the team concept. But she was very good with just good old ball skills. Right. I think Montague has some of that just good old ball skills in her. But she's she's got a chance to be a special player. Now, Shepard, I think, has a chance to be – I don't know. There, there – there's something of in Miracle Shepherd, completely different build, completely different approach, but there's a little like Dillingham toughness in her. Just the the player who's just gonna fight you. Do you know what she reminds me of? I mean, the way she plays hard and and right now the only thing about her game that will get better because she is a freshman is is offensively, maybe finishing. The way she plays in the women's game is very similar to the freshman style of, say, a Derek Zimmerman. Very athletic, defended very well, got loose balls, got steals. And if you look back at Zimmerman, he had a difficult time of finishing his freshman year. And so that kind of reminds me of that. I don't know. I think if there's one thing that team could really use is somebody, just like the men, I guess I was talking about, the idea of, Right, somebody's got to go get a basket. You think back to the teams that Vic had, and, and, and I, that becomes an easy frame of reference, but that's when most people watched, right? You knew with Vivian's, if somebody needed to put a shot up, she was ready and willing. Yeah, and she was. Now, she might do it from the other side of the court. You never know. But he had a couple. Morgan William, you know, she could, you know, she could get to the line and get fouled. Well. All right, so. But I'm looking forward. All right, you know who else looks forward? Forward. And that's Ford, Cannon Ford of Starkville. Chris Keene and his fantastic collection of people out at Cannon Ford of Starkville, just east of Starkville on Highway 182. If you need a newer used car, well, you waited too late if you want to get it on the taxes for the, this past year. But start your new year off right with a new or used car at Cannon Ford of Startwell. They've got the body shop as well. You can go to the service center, need your tires rotated. They're open now on Saturdays at the service center. Oil change. You know, that's one of the things that I used to do as a kid, Charlie, is change the oil in my vehicle. But you know what? All these car manufacturers now, they've made it so difficult for guys like me and you to change the oil. But here's the thing about Cannon Ford. This thing do a great job for you. They're not going to charge you an arm and a leg. Just take it in there and get your oil changed. Ro- tires rotated. Need a spray-in bed liner? They can do whatever you need at Cannon Ford of Startwell. Hey, we talked about Maroon and Company in the uh, the show during the midweek. Maroon and Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace. Go to maroonandco.com. Inst- Check out the Bulldog Initiative gear. Got a lot of Bulldog Initiative gear right now. If you want to be a cool kid right now, wearing all the nice stuff. I saw Sam Purcell wearing a bulldog initiative shirt the other night during the basketball game charlie he had a sport goat over the top of it but sometimes when he would open it up and he would be calling the defense you could tell yeah. he was wearing a bulldog initiative shirt underneath well we're gonna have to work on his approach well it's okay but Seen jeff levy sporting the gear yes in fact the hoodie that jeff levy wore that people are talking about friends at maroon and company had those ready to go the next day. Nice. Man, I'll tell you this. Those guys are incredible. They've been great I mean, to work with. They are absolutely incredible to deal with any time at all. Like, people ask me all the time, say, hey, I want to support a business that supports the Bulldog Initiative. you got to let me know who it is. Underline Maroon and Company. Because Mississippi State, and a Mississippi State guy, too. 
I mean, they 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 are they have been incredible. So And use the code NIL ten. You get ten percent off your purchase and they'll send five percent to the Bulldog Initiative and that's our good friends at Maroon and Company. Hey, um so basketball out of the way, baseball is on deck after that. And we'll know a lot more. Those guys are at home right now. I talked to a few of them. They're, um, you know, Nolan Stevens is going to be an interesting guy to watch. Guy came here from California, has been working hard to recruit guys. You know, his brother plays at Oklahoma and is a pitcher. And so he's gotten to take some good live at bats while he's been home for Christmas, which is kind of cool. Got a D1 pitcher to throw to you. <laughs> and I think uh, dad's had to break up a few fights. Uh, Nothing wrong with already. that. But um, baseball, one of the things I'm really excited about doing, you and I are going to be helping get the Bulldog Initiative going with uh, a lot more video content, a lot more interview content. So we'll probably have a YouTube channel, some of those things going. But one of the things I'm really excited about over the next few weeks is people starting to get to know some of our baseball players, and in particular some of the new guys. People ask me all the time, what reason do I have to be optimistic about baseball this year? And I tell them two things. One, Justin Parker. Pitching coach is going to do wonders for this team, I believe. I think Colby Holcomb is going to be significantly better. Let's see if Gerangelo buys in and kind of throws from the right more this year. I think he could be significantly better. So you're going to see a lot of the guys there. The second thing I tell people is we have added people to this roster who are different. That We've got some, we've got some guys with some dog in them. And we play at home a lot to start the season. The first five weekends, you have home games and home series. Air Force the first weekend. Georgia Southern, which the name may not be just great, but let me tell you, that's a good baseball program. Hey, look, they hosted a regional two years ago. And so then you've got Mount St. Mary's coming in. That's a that's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. Mount St. Mary's out of Maryland. And then Evansville, the Aces, that's the final non-conference. And then LSU, the first league weekend is at home, too. So you got five weekends in a row that you play baseball at home. And those who do not like Bart and Charlie you're gonna get have a, their feel before the month of March is up. Yeah, you're going to get a lot of us. And, of course, hey, during uh, spring break this year down at the Hancock-Whitney Classic. Hey, buy tickets now. I bought some not too long ago. As soon as it came out, I jumped on it. I've got seats right behind home plate a couple of games. Really? Down in Biloxi, MGM Park. Play South Alabama on a Tuesday night. That's March the 12th. And then New Orleans on March the 13th. The revenge matchup for Amani Larry. Ah, yes. So, you know, that is the week that I will be going to the coast for baseball. And my wife will be going to the SEC basketball tournament. Really? It's like, yeah, you can go or not. I'm Going to the tournament. Good for you. All right. Hey, hope you guys. You're just going to gloss over football again. Yeah. You know, it comes later too. Yeah. Well, we got plenty of time to dissect the roster. (laughs) We'll dissect. Hey, we'll talk about some of the signees in the next couple weeks or next week, maybe. When February rolls around. More visits next weekend. We got more visits next weekend. They're not done from a recruiting standpoint. We'll go to three shows in February. Is that right? You said just a moment ago we're going to start doing some video content as well, have some interviews and all that stuff going on. It's going to be a great year, fun year. I tell you what, and I, we're, I was talking about the podcast the other day and had somebody asking me about it. And Man, I tell you what, um, I have enjoyed the heck out of this. It's amazing. This will be year five 
of our baseball podcast. That's when it all started was when the COVID's hit in 2020. And so this will be year number five of the podcast with baseball. So we'll have three shows We've a week. We've seen the good. We've seen the good. We've, we've seen, seen the, the bad. bad. Boy, talk about opposite ends of the spectrum. We, we've seen the full. Yeah, we've well, seen. But, you know, we haven't even really. I started to say we've seen the full range, and we haven't. We've lived on the edges. But we haven't yeah. seen the middle at all. Yeah, we, we, we've kind of missed average. <laughs> sure, sure enough. Is average the target for you this year? No, I want above average. Do you? I do. I don't if want I average. If I told you right now that you could go 500 in league play, would you take it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, when you look at our schedule, yes, I would take 500 in the league. Man, have you seen our schedule? It's brutal. That's kind of right at average, right. isn't it? Well, let me tell you, 500 in this league, Charlie, is above average. It's better than average. Well, it's certainly on a national scale. On a national scale. You think about all the years that we've had – 15 and 15 or 16 and 14, and you're sitting there going, we're a pretty good baseball team. The, the margin is just so thin. It is. Hey, this morning, you talk about ending the year right. I started my day with some country-pleasing sausage. I learned from our good friend Malcolm Reed, who does the How to Barbecue Right deal yeah. up, up in North Mississippi. If you score the country-pleasing sausage and then put a barbecue rub over the top of it and then put it in the oven or put it you know on the grill – Man, it was big time. All right, so let me see if I can break this down a minute. When you say score it, is that a fancy way of saying you just kind of cut it a little bit? Well, you cut it, and you cut it where it's going to be in little pieces, right? Oh, so you go ahead. You're not just, like, opening it up. You're, like, cutting it. No, I'm cutting it two-thirds of the way through. I'm cutting it two-thirds of the way through. Like a butterfly kind of thing? Somewhat. Not really. No. No, no, no. I'm scoring that sucker – I'm starting left to right. Okay. Right? I'm starting with your your top piece of sausage because you know it makes a it makes the old. Do you keep it in the U? Yeah, keep I, it in the horseshoe shape. I keep it in the horseshoe shape. All right, but what you're doing then is you're just I cut it diagonal, and almost I, cutting it. I cut it two thirds of the way through. Okay. And I go about eh, three quarters of an inch, and I cut it again. Okay, now I'm with you. And parallel lines all the so way around. So basically, it's kind of like a. A pull and eat kind of thing. And then it's like an accordion. It'll open up for you. Okay. And then you put the rub down in there. It's big time. And I just had the original. Do you sprinkle it or do you have to like rub it? No, I'll sprinkle it. But you got to open it up and get it down in the cracks. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So I've never tried this. I'm telling you, it's really good. It's really good. I saw Malcolm Reed do it. I think he will actually sprinkle some barbecue sauce over the top. And where do you cook this? I just put it in the oven. Put your sausage in the oven? Yes. 350 so for about that. 13 minutes. country pleasing in the oven? Absolutely. 350 yeah, for about 13. No. No, 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 no. No. No, I put it in the oven. I do. You put that in the oven or put it on the grill? Yeah, it's big time. Of course, I did it with just plain old original, which is great. I know you like the jalapeno cheddar. You know, I like original. In fact, I had that just the other day. I'm not opposed to original. I was thinking about that. My wife kind of gave me a hard time, told me I've been a little sour about the original. It's not that. It's just that the jalapeno cheddar's just got it's just that good something to, you. to it. Well, the pineapple pork did too. My uh, my nephews, well, my nephew and my two nieces. You know, Jen's twin sister has triplets, and they oh have, my, and they my have been. My wife just thinks I don't come home much now. Oh yeah, you they've been me with multiples. They've been with us for three days. Let me tell you this. That's why we're recording today, huh? That's why the recording has gone so long, because I'm not, <laughs> I'm not used Going to being to one quiet, <laughs> and not being able to talk, 
And so, but uh, this morning they had uh, some alligator. They had some of the alligator. They've had the crawfish, and I'll give them credit. They're seven years old, man. Seven-year-old triplets, Charlie. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? No, like it would be one of those things where people said, he was here a few days ago, and now we can't find him. <laughs> yeah. But the, right. I give them credit. They're young, but they're eating that – man, they are eating pineapple pork. They're eating – so anyway, good country. Please go to countrypleasing.com. All right, before we call it a wrap on 2023 – I want to ask you a couple of questions, Bart. Okay. You know, when we do broadcast, you get to ask the questions. I want to ask you a question or two. First, it's been a rough year sports-wise. That has? That's been one of the things people have talked about. But if you were to say, hey, here's some good things that happened, (laughs) just kind of rapid fire, good things that happened in 23 for Mississippi State sports, you're going to make me jump in? All right, wait a minute. Oh, no, I'm Googling. I'm Googling Uh, right now. Chris Chance. Chris Chan's basketball team. Hey, getting back to the NCAA, to the NCAA tournament, tournament in men's and women's basketball was very big. Sam Purcell went and won games in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, very close to getting to the Sweet 16. I mean, very close to beating Notre Dame. And so I think that's the, a real big positive. I think one of the big positives for men's basketball is the slow start that you had last year and to be able to finish strong and win games late when you had to win games to get into the NCAA tournament. I thought that was a big, big factor for you. From a baseball standpoint, I think from an overall standpoint, it was not the year, of course, that you wanted to have. Uh, you did have some some youth that you had to lean on. And so if, if you're looking back and looking for positives, the positive is this. We had some freshmen that got out there and got some some beneficial time. And I think you mentioned Gerangelo a minute ago. Gerangelo should be better for having gone through what he went through last year. David Mershon having to play at shortstop as a true freshman should be better this year as a sophomore. Dakota Jordan having to play last year as a freshman should be better because he had to play last year as a freshman. Ross Highfield. Ross Highfield had a tough start to the year behind the plate. Is going to be better because he had to play last year as a and freshman. He got better as the season He did on. get better as the season go on. And so I don't think you have to dig very far on the baseball side from that standpoint of you start looking about how young you were. Um, I think that is a positive going into this year when you start looking at long term. Short term, it was not – it wasn't great to watch short term. But uh, but long term wise, it, uh, it could be beneficial for you. All right. See, so it wasn't a complete – you know, I think a lot of people look back at this year and say it was a terrible year. I think that overlooks a really, really good coaching job that Chris Jans did. I think it overlooks a good coaching job that Sam Purcell did to get those teams back to being competitive, getting into the tournament. And look, man, we lost that game in the tournament on the men's side. We had the perfect play. Shot just didn't go in. Yeah, shot just and didn't go. That shot goes in. You're even more excited about where you are. And football-wise, let me tell you, we're going to be talking five years from now how great of a player, and we're going to say it on Sundays, Buki Watson was at Mississippi State in football. I mean, that's one of the things I take from football this past year. Was it the season you wanted? No. Was it the season you thought you were going to have? No. But uh, we, we had some guys, that, you know, Jet Johnson, the number of tackles, but I think Buki Watson and those guys – even though you were not playing at the standard and the level that they had played in their previous years here, overall as a team standpoint, they laid it out there. 
think they, about this too. What, what do you talk about all the time? This idea of recency bias, and how sometimes that we are usually in favor. We tend to think this guy was the greatest when he really is just the most recent best. I think a lot of our football players right now, because this was a tough season, are probably suffering from a little bit of dings on how we think about them. Buki Watson, though, is a guy who ought to be remembered positively and not just positively. I mean, the guy was defensive player of the year. Yeah. I mean, that guy, once the sting of this year wears off, and when we're talking about these guys in years to come, you're going to remember a lot of good things about him. Yeah, we are. Chet Johnson, same way. Well, um, I guess time to head to the hill. Did you see the Florida State-Georgia game last night? Such as it was. I thought, um, let me ask you this. Do you think that Kirby did what he did just so he could go in and say what he said in the postgame? I thought about that. Now, let me ask, let me throw this other, other to you. Two things. One is, hey, I'm going to beat you as bad as I can beat you because I'm going to go in there and just talk about, hey, we've got a system that's broken. We need to fix the system that's broke. Or, I mean, I don't want to be conspiracy theorists here. Is that a situation of going and looking at Florida State and saying, hey, you boys have been playing with a different set of rules than we have, and you folks down there have been playing with those different set of rules and been rubbing it in our face about, hey, you know, I can bring any of these guys in after spring practice because they're not in the SEC and the SEC laws be gum and say, all right, I'm going to put you in your place a little bit. Well, I will just say this. If I had to guess, and just spitballing here, okay, <laughs> if I were just to draw up a hypothetical, hypothetically speaking, a school situated roughly in the center of the SEC footprint, who unlike other SEC schools can have players from our teams transfer into them during that second portal, and just hypothetically you had a team like that who didn't mind kicking the tires to gauge interest on players frequently and you know, maybe share creative thoughts about their future. You know what? Yeah. I was kind of saying score again. Yeah. <laughs> and when you score, <laughs> go for two. Only because. <laughs> they won't let you go, go for three. three. Hey, enjoyed it. For uh, Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Maroon and Company. Go to maroonandco.com. Type in the code NIL10 and get 10% off your purchase. 5% comes back to the Bulldog Initiative. Get that great Bulldog Initiative gear. Country Pleasing Sausage Country Meat Packers down in Florence, Mississippi on Highway 49. They've got that new butcher shop down there. They're dry-aging steaks. They've got the beef jerky, country meat packers, and country pleasing sausage. It's sold all throughout the southeast. Howard Technology Solutions. Go to howardcomputers.com to see how this Mississippi company can help you in the technology sector. Laptops, desktop computers, lighting, whether you need security, security for your network, Cannon Ford of Starkville, nobody beats a Cannon Ford, nobody. And also our friends at Trax Plus, if you need heavy machinery, new or used in the Deep South, go to TraxPlus.com to see how they can help you. A big selection of new of new and used equipment online at TraxPlus.com. Saney Excavators and Mini Excavators, Massey Ferguson Tractors and Implements, and, of course, uh, the great Barco equipment for the Forester. So, for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Hey, long show today. We just had a time to sit around and expand a little bit. 
expound a little bit on 2023, and we hope you and yours enjoy a great turn of the new year later tonight. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Sunday Coffee.